talking today about living like a champion. Amen. Now, what is a champion to you? Me. (laughs) A champion is a person who surpasses all rivals. Rival, that rival meaning being Satan or any other person that's uh, competing against you in a competition. Amen. Now, life is not a competition, but those who enter into competitions, you know, um, they're champions if they win. A champion is a winner, like Jesus. He's a winner. Amen. A title holder, like Paul. Amen. A defending champion and a record holder, like David. He's a record holder. You know, he's, his, all of his writings are in the Psalms. And he says, I, I conquered the bear, and I conquered the, conquered the lion, I conquered Goliath. So he's a record holder. Amen. Hallelujah. He went up against the bear. Daniel was in the um, lion's den. And he told that lion, you stay in your corner and I'm going to stay in mine. (laughs) And it worked because he took authority over that animal. Dominion. Hallelujah. (laughs) A champion holds first place like our great big God. See, all of these qualities are in man. Amen. We are champions. But do we live like it? There is just something great about a champion because he's a winner. You have a winner's mentality. In other words, you think like a winner. You act like a winner. You don't act like a loser. Amen. See, losers stay in self-pity all the time. All they can think about is how they feel and what they look like to other people. Amen. When you look in the mirror, honey, you see greatness. Amen. Now, we're not talking about arrogance and pride because people start to thinking like Jesus, thinking greatness, and then they slip over into pride. And then pride comes before the fall. Because you know what? They started thinking they're better than somebody else. But a champion pulls other people up with them. Don't beat them down because they're doing better that's what a champion is a champion is a person that you can rely on amen you you know that you can always go to them to get a word a a fair word a true opinion and not something to just pat you on the head and agree with you because they like you amen but a champion will tell you the truth and give you hope you may get mad But when you leave the presence of a champion, you have hope. Amen. You know, it's like when the righteous smites you. The Bible says when the righteous smack you upside your head, it's a kindness. (laughs) But we get mad. But sometimes we need somebody to shake us and say, snap out of it. Amen. A, the, a winner is a champion. They have that certain thing. They know how to break or push past the breaking point. Because they know that at the end of suffering is pain. 
but it's also strength. At the end of suffering, when a champion or an athlete goes out, they prepare for a, a run or a competition, they're going to have being gay, they're going to take hot soaks, they're going to have patches everywhere. But they know at the end of that pain is victory, is strength. Because they keep, they know how to push past the training period, push past the pain, push past the closed doors, and kick them open. That's what champions do is that certain something about them, a certain je ne sais quoi. Are y'all here today? All right. Amen. You may not be the best looking person. But you're looking kind of good at what you do. Amen. Because you know who you are. Hallelujah. It's a winner's mentality. Somebody that refused to fail. See, champions don't get caught up in trying to prove something so people will look at them. See, you know what that is? Insecurity. People who are insecure always worry about looking good for them. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a champion that comes from on the inside. Somebody who may have failed, been knocked down a zillion times, but they get back up. Amen. And they keep pushing forth. And they don't quit. They don't give up hope because their hope is in him. It ain't in what they're doing. Their hope is in something more powerful, something stronger, something higher. And so they don't quit. You know. That's what a champion is, a winner. You refuse to lose. Refuse to lose. Hallelujah. Because you know that God has said that you can have something. You fight for it. That's what a champion does. I ain't talking about taking something from somebody. See, we always get off on the wrong foot. This is not a carnal thing. Amen. This is a spiritual thing. Amen. At the end of suffering and pain, there's strength. That's a mystery. But it's God. It's how God works. Somehow champions have tapped into that mystery. That it may be painful now. But at the end of all of this pain and all of this dedication and all of this, you know, stress and all of this working and holding to it, there's victory. Amen. And it's going to make it makes them stronger. That's what a champion, a true champion. But see, it's not something you can learn to do. This comes from the inside. It's on the inside of you. If you don't have it, you can develop it. But it takes some relationship with God. Most people just want it because they see somebody else with it. But this has to come, it, it's like this, it has to come from building yourself on the inside. Is that making sense? It comes from what, how you think and what you believe. What you think. How you think. It, to, a champion is like this. How they think is portrayed on the outside of them. that makes sense? That's what a champion is. Because they're a person, they're not, you're not going to waste their time because they're not going to let you. Amen. They don't have, anybody got time for that. They don't have time. 
I was looking at uh, Jasmine had Sweet Brown on the on the uh, YouTube yesterday, and and you know she was saying ain't nobody got time for that. Well, that's true. You don't have time. Champions don't have time for foolishness. Time is time is short. And so champions keep their mind on the prize. Their thinking is on the goal. Their thinking is ahead. It's like my purpose. What I'm going to achieve from from this disciplined life that I have to live. Amen. See, like people who are athletes, they eat certain things. They're not going to be caught at McDonald's like me. But they are going to eat oatmeal and, you know, fruit, fresh fruits, because they're building strength and stamina on the inside. So this thing is about being a champion is what you put in here and what you allow up here. Gossip don't build champions. It tears you down. And if you want to survive as, as victorious, you better get people out your ear. Amen. I'm telling you, if they don't like somebody, you tell them, get with them. Go to that person. Amen. Amen. See, champions don't, don't let people pull them down. They're builders. They're, they're structured people who don't listen to crap. Because crap gets on the inside of your heart. Amen. And then stuff will start flying out the window. Satan comes in and starts stealing. That's how he works. You know why? Because it's divided attention. See, Satan likes to send people. There's those people who have the buzz, who likes to divide your attention off the goal, off the the main purpose of what you're trying to do. And you're trying to get victory in your life. Amen. Victory for your family. Being the leader. Men, you're leaders. You have to lead the family. You don't tag along behind. You are leading. And God will speak. See, this is one thing about God. He speaks to the head. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a mystery. But somehow it works because God is involved. Winners have to have that remodeling. You know how a house gets remodeled? They have to have that remodeling thing on the inside of them. Amen? When, what I mean is this. When uh, a champion gets tired, because their bodies are not machines. They're made like yours and mine. They get tired. But when champions get tired, they don't quit like us. And whine and complain and murmur. But what they do is they withdraw. And they get rebuilt. So in other words, they get remodeled on the inside. They go through this remodeling process. Making sense? They withdraw. And they get strengthened by something more powerful than them. When basketball players and football players, when they get hurt or get injured, they sprain something. They go to that, what's that guy? That, yeah, the, yeah, and the, the, he, he does this physical therapist and they wrapping them up with those bandages and see they, they're withdrawing 
so that they can gain strength and be remodeled. And this is what we're, we're supposed to do as Christians. You got to know when to tell people, give me some space. And let me, Jesus withdrawed all the time, didn't he? He had to get away from them yapping disciples that didn't have no faith. <laughs> See, they were drawing from him. They were drawing from him, power from him. They were, and see, when they were pulling on him so much, he'd get tired. He had to go up on the mountain and pray. He withdrew from them so that he could build strength, get strengthened. That's what champions do. They know how to not let people deplete them. If Jesus had to do it, you got to do it. Learn how to tell people no. I can't do it right now. Leave me alone. Amen. Yeah, your family too, and your girlfriend, and your boyfriend, and everybody else. You have to get with God. Amen. Even if some people who don't, in the natural, that don't know God, they withdraw so that they can be taken care of. You know, they get a, a hot, what's those things on their faces, and, you know. I admire Mac, how he operates. He goes to get his feet done, don't he, Raymond? He's going to get himself taken care of because he works hard. He works a lot of hours, and he go and, you know, pamper himself. And if you don't do it right, you ain't getting paid by him because he's going to tell you. That ain't right. <laughs> you know? And he's been doing it for years. Gets his feet done. He gets his hands done, don't he, Raymond? And he ain't gay. <laughs> He gets that taken care of because he knows he's got to prepare himself for more hard work, more struggle, more, you know. And this is what champions do. They take care of themselves. And it's time, it's me time. Not because you're better than anybody else, but you know what makes you keep going. Amen. You know how, you know how you work. It's like Max say, do you. You know how to do you, and you, you have to withdraw from people and get yourself built up and remodeled on the inside. Amen? So important for a champion. Now, if you just want to be a loser, you stay out late, hang around with anybody, talk about everybody, especially people just praying for you. All of this crazy stuff. Amen? They want to pay them back for some something that you're doing because you don't think right. It's called insanity. Just telling you, just talking. Because your mind is confused. You don't know who your real enemy is. Your enemy is you. Amen. Winners don't operate like that. Amen. They draw from the greater one. They don't pull on... Folks, you know, getting in their business. As Chanel say, find you some business. <laughs> She'll tell you to find you some business. Amen. I said, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to use that. I never heard that. Go find you some business. Amen. <laughs> Winners must have life's goals in mind. Not somebody else's goal. 
your life goes. You do you. You're not a copycat. You're an original. See, some people don't know what God has called them to do. They don't know where they're supposed to be. They don't know because they never check in with God. All they do is look and see what somebody else has and it's working for them. Well, what's working for them may not work for you. You got to get your own plan of action. Amen. That's what winners do. Your life goes. And they hold out during tough times. They don't quit. In tough times, they retreat and get strengthened by God. Champions watch the level of their discouragement. They avoid depression. They guard their hearts with all diligence. The Bible says guard your heart. What does that mean? That means stay out of the line of fire. Don't accept everything that's coming at you. Guard your heart. Don't don't be don't allow yourself to get hurt getting in the wrong situations. Amen. You hear people who are divorced, they say, Well, I let gave my heart to him and he broke it. No, you just dumb. You didn't guard your heart. You gotta have God right in the middle of every marriage or it ain't gonna work. He ain't in there, it ain't gonna work. Because the devil's gonna come in there and steal. That's just the way it is. Hallelujah. And so, a winner or a champion guards their heart with all diligence. You don't get involved in everybody's mix. You stay in your own. Amen? So you can watch your discouragement level. Watch your depression level. Guard your heart with all diligence. Let's go to Proverbs 4. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4. A champion avoids depression. A champion feels as though his life is unlimited. You can't be stopped. You know why? Because you're trusting in God and you have hope. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible says when you have hope, you will never be ashamed. You won't be put to shame because you have hope. So a, 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 a champion is always in hope. So he feels like his life is unlimited. There's nobody that can hold you back. I used to hear people say when I was young, they don't want me to have nothing. They don't want me to succeed. Not, and that never sat well with me. And when I became a Christian, the Lord answered that question, that lifelong question that I had. Even as a kid, he says, people can't hold you back. So that's a dumb thing to say. Can't nobody hold you back. Only person can hold you back is you. Because God, if you stay hooked up to him, he'll move people out of your way all day long. Amen. Amen. And so we are our own, our own worst enemies. But if you're going to be a champion, you have to change how you think. Champions expect change. They expect things to get better because they have hope. Amen. Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. That means guard your heart. Amen. With all diligence. In other words, value yourself. Value your mind and what goes in it. What you hear. Who you hang around with. Meditate on the word of God. Change how, that's the only way you can change how you think. 
So guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. In other words, if you don't guard what goes, what you let into your heart, like unforgiveness, evil, betrayal, all of these things. If you don't stop it from getting in your heart, then it will affect every part of your life. Every part of your life. I'm telling you. It affects first your pocketbook. Just telling you how the devil does. And then it starts affecting your mind, affecting your job, affecting everything that you have because you don't guard your heart with all diligence. Amen. You don't value your mind. You don't value your will, mind, and emotions. You just leave it open to anything. That's how people get perverted. You know, Joffrey Dahmer they asked him before he, he was killed in prison, if I'm not mistaken. But he's turned to cannibalism. And they asked him, they always ask these creepy people, how did you get like that? He told them, I started reading murder mysteries. They didn't believe that. That wasn't an acceptable answer. But that was the truth. And then from murder mysteries, he just got intrigued in murder. Amen? Sex. He went from uh, murder mysteries, he told him, to, to per, per, pornography. And then he got perverted because he mixed murder with sex. That was his thing. And they asked him, and he kept telling him. And you know what he said? He said, that's why you police can't catch nobody. You don't think right. They don't. They ask all these weird criminals. Why do you do these things? And when they tell them the truth, they don't understand truth. Amen? Because it's not what they think. That's not the reason. But that is the reason. You read enough perversion and look at enough stupid stuff, you'll want to act it out. Because as a man thinketh, so he is. The Bible says that as you think, you're going to do. Joyce Meyer calls it as the man thinketh, the body carries it out. So you keep thinking about it long enough, you will do it. If you don't get some intervention, called God. Man. So a champion needs, have need of endurance. You know, you have to make a change. To be changed, you make a change. Transform. The Bible says in... In Romans 12, 2, it says you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you've got to think different. If the Bible tells you you've got to think different, you've got to think different. Amen. Renewing your mind. That, see, when you renew your mind, you read the word and you meditate on it instead of thinking about other things. And in Philippians 4, 8, it says think on things that are good, lovely, pure, and of good report. Things that are thankworthy and praiseworthy. The Bible says think on those things. So if you think on things that are good and lovely and pure and meditate on the word of God, it will change your thinking. And you'll have productive thoughts. And you'll carry them out. Amen. It's how it works. It's no shortcut. Ain't no other way. If you don't do it God's way, you're going to visit the scene of the crime sooner or later. Ouch. <laughs> and the bloody glove going to fit. Amen. 
it ain't mine. It don't fit. A champion has to uh, has a need of endurance. You gotta have that staying power on the inside of you. That no quit. I don't care what happens. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if I never see the glory. I'm not quitting. Amen. That's a champion. That's how a champion thinks. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I've done all of this stuff, but I'm not quitting. I'm getting up and I'm starting over. Amen. I'm not quitting. A champion stands firm and holds out under much stressor, stress, stressor, much stress and pressure. <laughs> and this is what champions do. Let me say that again. They hold out under much stress and pressure. If you can't take the heat, you ain't a champion. So go be something else. Just be a regular person. And that's okay. Amen. But a winner, don't give up. Don't quit. Amen. Holds out under much stress and pressure. They endure. So that word endure means to remain. (laughs) When everybody else quits, you still standing. Hallelujah. It means continuance, steadfastness, bearing up, holding out. It means patience because endurance means patience. See, if you're waiting for something, if it ain't good, you probably can get it quick. Amen. But whatever you're waiting for, it's worth it. It's worth it. Amen. Maybe not to the other guy, but it's worth it to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that word endurance means to continue, to remain, and to be steadfast, to to bear up, hold out. Patience, endurance. The champion has the capacity to continue to bear up under different circumstances, and they don't quit. Amen. They don't they don't stop. They know how to draw back and get strengthened. They don't leave. They don't quit. Get people quit the family. I divorce y'all. I'm out. That's not a champion. It's not a winner because he's gonna fail somewhere down the line. It's gonna keep failing and keep failing and keep failing. Because if you're a champion, you win where you are. Amen. Win where you are. A champion has to develop a hopeful fortitude. That's on the inside of you. That's stamina. That's something about you that's strengthened and strong. And the devil can't take it from you because you didn't quit yet because you're still here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because you have fortitude. That resists weariness and defeat. You got that thing on the inside of you that don't quit. Won't quit. Not an option. Failure. Not an option. I don't care how the devil pounces on you. You still here. You still fighting. You still ahead of the game. Amen. Hallelujah. And like a champion, we have need of endurance because Jesus 
is endurance. You draw from him. You get what you need from, from Jesus. He's your example. What he did on the cross. What if he had run from the cross? See, a lot of people got it mixed up. He, he didn't have to go through anything. He surrendered his body. Amen. All of those people that were beating him and sticking him in the side, he could have blew them with blowing his nose from the blast of his nostrils. He could have blew them all into another kingdom, but he didn't do it. You know why he did it? So that he could strengthen us in the years to come so he could be our example. Amen. Our example of strength. He died so that you wouldn't have to die for the dirty crap that we do. You can come back looking like gold. That's only because he took your stripes. Amen. Hallelujah. We were born in iniquity. Amen. Well, I didn't do nothing where your forefathers sure did. Amen. And good thing you don't have to pay for what your forefathers did. Amen. Hallelujah. But you got to think like a champion. Can't be no wimp. You won't make it. Because this crazy world we live in, pounce on you. Take from you. You know, you got to watch when you stand on the dotted line when you're purchasing a house. Because crooks come in and give you false documentation. You have to have God watching over. You got to pray. Pray for everything that you get involved with. You got devils at your job. You pray and ask God. Make them shut up. Do you know there's a prayer that when people abuse you with their mouth, the Bible says, cause the tongue of the wicked persecutors to cleave to the roof of their mouth. I seen that done. Remember that bus driver? And I prayed that his tongue cleaved to the roof of his mouth. He kept trying to talk and he couldn't. And I laughed. I said, this stuff works. And no, it wasn't witchcraft. It was God crap. I was doing the word. Because see, what he was trying to do was curse the bus. I had already prayed before we left and bound accidents and destruction. Well, I'm going to pray. Who are you? You're the bus driver. You get kicked off this bus in one minute. And, uh, and so I prayed that God caused his tongue to cleave to the roof of his mouth because I knew he was going to curse the bus. And remember, he still hit some barrels. Tried to tear the bus up. And had I not prayed, we would have done a tumble thing. You got to be careful. You got to know who your enemy is. You got to know these things. Amen? You got to think like a warrior. That's what, that's what champions are. They're warriors. And most people don't like them because they can't run over them. Because they ain't going to have it. Amen? Let's go to Hebrews 10. Yeah, Satan sent him to kill everybody, but I don't think so. I got the word. And he shut his mouth. He hit some barrels, but that's the least he did. He, he came in there to tear some people up. And you can't sit by and not work this word. This word works. It don't work for people because they don't, they don't use it. Because they don't believe it works. If you don't believe something works, it won't work for you. Amen. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. You know that word cast, it means fling it away, throw it away. Don't cast away your confidence in God, 
which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. That's in verse 36. And that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're trusting in God. God builds endurance, that staying power, that thing that cannot be torn down. We're talking about on the inside, something strong on the inside of you, like a champion has. A winner endures and holds. Holds, H-O-L-D-S, holds. That means that you're preserved. That something on the inside of you is being preserved and is causing you to tolerate and bear with. Standing firm and not losing courage under pressure. Some people is good until pressure comes. When the pressure comes, they get wimpy. It's kind of like a wet noodle. You know? Got to stay firm. Develop a, a hopeful fortitude on the inside of you. Resist defeat and weariness. It's in there. Like Prego, it's in you. It's in every believer. If you're born again, it's in you. You just don't use it because the world has beaten you down so bad. And now you just want to run for cover. Next best thing. You want to run to that. Run and do this. Run to him. Run to Jesus and let him infuse you with what you've lost. Infuse you with what we all need. Amen. When you're a champion, champions build character. It's just something about them. They're dependable. They don't turn on you. Stick a pick in your back. It's not what a champion is. Champion is there for you. They ain't in your business. They just there for you when you need them. That's what champion winners. That's why some people you can't beat them down. You can't stop them because they got the right stuff on the inside of them, and you can't take it away. You have to keep on plowing, keep on plucking, keep on trucking, following God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Did we read Hebrews uh, 35? Okay, let's go a little further. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw it away because you have need of endurance. Verse 37 says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. So in other words, you can do this until Jesus comes back because you ain't pressed. Y'all here today? This is just how you live. This is how you roll. (laughs) Verse 38 says, now the just shall live by faith. Well, What's that got to do with having endurance? You don't have faith. This won't happen for you. It ain't happening. But if anyone draws back, 
my soul has no pleasure in him in other words god ain't even pleased with people who draw back i don't want it i don't god might not do it he gonna slap you upside your head or i might because i'm tired of you drawing back when are you going to show god what you're made of the bible says when the righteous smite you that means smack you it's a kindness somebody need to shake you amen in other words my soul has no pleasure that means god ain't happy with you look it up that's what it means verse 39 but we are not of those who draw back to perdition or to sin but of those who believe to the saving of your soul hallelujah that word perdition means utter loss you don't draw back to utter loss but to to those of those who believe to the saving of your soul in other words faith in god believing will save your soul save your family you don't give up you don't quit you don't lose courage under pressure you dig deeper you say a prayer you go to christian constantly not these people who believe the earth is gonna be here and hugging trees and kissing whales to make the people for you amen you go to the headmaster you go to the one that created the tree and the whale you go to god well i have a christian counselor get on your knees get before him yourself amen christ was the greatest champion of all and like him we will endure hardship like good soldier the bible says endure hardness like a good soldier See, when you're in the military, don't nobody sit up and listen to your whining. Because they could care less. And they will throw yourself in the stockade if you cause other people to get in trouble or fall. You go in there fumbling. They're not going to have it. Uh, yeah, I know. Because my husband's a military man. And I, when one person is in the military, the whole family's in the military. And that's how we roll. And there's no room for failure. None. At all. Hallelujah. Endure hardship like a good soldier. Good soldiers endure. They don't whine. Because your CO will say, throw him in the clink. Get that baby out of him. That's what they do. I don't know what they're doing in there now. I have to take that back. But they used to. Hebrews, let's go back up, or no, flip over and go to 12, chapter 12. And it talks about faith. It says the race of faith. So you're in a race. That's this champion I've been talking about. You're in a faith race. Not a race with people, against people. You're in a race with time, against time and with Satan. So he won't devour and take over your family, take you over, hold you back, and cause you not to have. 
Amen. Because he's the only one that's against you. Yeah, he got a lot of people working for him. But still, God will move them out of your way. Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those are the people in heaven that witness and watch everything. Yeah, heaven is real. See, I know some people don't even believe hell and heaven is real. You need a little, a little bit more knowledge. Get in the Word. Start reading your Bible. It says, let us lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. In other words, that word lay means strip off every bit of weight. Now, what's a weight? A concern, a problem, a worry. It says, lay aside, strip off all the weights that bog you down, all the problems you carry around. See, that's why you can't get to the person to even say good morning. It's because they carry around weights. Y'all here today? Y'all know them. Girl, you don't know what I'm going through. Crazy people. Everybody got something going on. But see, these people are so intrigued with themselves. They don't have room for nobody else. You can forget that. Amen. It says, let us lay aside, let us, that means all of us, lay aside every weight and the sin which is so easily ensnares us. So a weight, sin is a weight because it don't leave you free to serve God and to worship him. Sin is a weight and pretty soon it will suck you in to a cesspool. And you'll be like a crab trying to crawl out the bowl. And every time you get to the top, it pulls you back down. That's because you, you won't lay aside every weight. You've got to come out, let it all go, and then let God put things back in order. So it says, lay aside every weight and the sin. Weight, the weights is the concerns, what you worried about, my rent, my car note. My insurance, that stuff is going to be here when you're gone. So you might as well start trusting God to pay it every month. Amen. And stay out the stores. That's why you ain't God, trying to compete with everybody. See, we got to watch ourselves. Everybody's in a different situation. Amen. So let us lay aside. All of this weight, all these things that you worry about. And lay aside your sin. Competing with people that sin. Which is so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance. That's with patience and strength. The race that is set before us. Well, what's the race? A faith race. Amen. Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. So that's where you get it. He gave it to you. And when you get weak, when you withdraw, you're going to get more from him. You withdraw, get fueled up, just like a car running out of gas. You done ran out of steam. And you go and you get back with God and get infused with his power. Are y'all here today? 
author and the finisher, Jesus, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Are y'all here? He endured that cross for your joy, for the joy. He didn't run and he didn't knock them all out. But he went through it. He bared under it because he's a winner and a champion. And he didn't try to get out of it. He went through it for your joy. Thank you, Jesus. He endured the race which was set before us. Hallelujah. Looking unto him who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't like being poked and having a thorn or crown stuck in his skull. It was shameful, knowing that he had the power to knock them all out, like Ali. But he took it. He withdrew and took it so we wouldn't have to come up against this stuff. That's what he did. Well, why people get killed and get murdered? Because it's a devil out there that people don't fight. Because they think they don't have to. Because God is so nice. He is a good God. But he's given us weapons of warfare. He's given us the necks of the enemy. He's given us power and dominion. So you can block these things. That's why. Because people don't pray. That's how they get in news. For whoever was thinking that. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Amen. So Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father God in heaven. And guess what he is doing? Praying for you and praying for me. Praying that we don't give up. Praying that we don't quit. Praying that we believe. Praying that we read a word. Once a month. (laughs) So that they can get strength. Because they just want me to throw it on them like I'm Santa Claus. Don't work like that. If your boss tell you, give you a big policies and procedures and tell you when you come back Monday, you better know them. You're going to go get in that book. But God tell us to get in the book when he gave you the job. He opened the door. So that puts us under man's authority and not God's. That's what that does. So you subject to man. But when you don't avoid God and when you put him in your life, you're subject to him. Is that making sense to y'all? You don't have to listen. You don't have to submit to man. You submit to him. He'll bless you. You need something, submit to God. Amen. And that's why verse 1 says, let us run this race of faith that's set before us. That means stay in the race. Don't quit. Stay in the race. Trust God. Get disciplined. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility. Talking about Jesus. Endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. 
That's why he did it. Amen. Weary cares of life. Worry. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed. Striving against sin. So in other words, shut up and sit down. And go read your Bible. And and gain some momentum in the spirit. Amen. Put on that cloak of righteousness instead of sin. Are you there? Amen. How do you do that? Get in your word. Let God talk to you. And the glory falls. You know what? God will give you an idea for your own business. He'll give you an idea how to survive. He'll give you an idea how to get out of a bad situation you're in. And so you'll never get back in it. This is what he'll do. You know, man don't want you to do that. They want you to depend on them. Why? So they can be in control. You don't eat if I, unless I say you eat. You don't dance unless I dance. Man. See, you can submit to your boss and to your company, but still be in control of your life from God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Honey, this is faith, having faith in God. And he'll bless you and cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. People who don't like you will bless you. They don't know why. That's because the greater one lives in me. Amen. That's why Jesus went to that cross. Make it easier for us. That's why the Bible says, consider him that endured such contradiction from sinners. Because he loved you so much. So you have to endure whatever is laid before you. That's what this race of faith is about. Enduring to the end. And it's a small thing. It's not as big as you think. Come out of self-pity, you'll see some joy in your life. Quit looking at what other people got. Goodness gracious, give your eyes a rest. You know, the Bible says if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Man. Hey, I'm just talking Bible. Because when you get married, young people, if you see somebody cuter than your husband or your wife, you better cut that eye out and stab it. You might get cut when you get home. Ray laughing. Ray know that's right. I only got eyes for Brit. That's right. Amen. It's like I saw it, but I didn't see it. Amen. I just caught caught it out the I caught it out the corner of my eye. I caught it out of here. But I didn't concentrate on it. That's how you roll. Women, same thing for you. Oh, he was so cute. He's somebody else's man. Leave him alone. Hey, that was free. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) You got to endure whatever is laid before you, the Bible says that. And have a winner's mentality. We going, we going to keep going because I need to finish. Don't be telling me five more minutes. 
His what? Oh, you was agreeing? She said, Avis. That wasn't my five-minute signal. <laughs> Going to give me five. Now, I'll call Willie up on the phone in a minute. <laughs> All right, thanks, little Howard. Got to stay up on these chicks. You know, God created us to win. He didn't create losers because he's not a loser. He created us to win. Amen. Not to live a defeated life. Amen. But a life of fortitude and strength. Not, it ain't over till God says it's over. He ain't going to never say it. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God created us to win over Satan. And it's all set up. All you got to do is walk the walk that most of us don't walk because we like getting involved in too much foolishness because it's fun. But it has a deadly payoff. Amen. Let's go to Second Corinthians 2. Just saying. Second Corinthians 2. Verse Second uh, Corinthians two fourteen. Oh, keep going back two fourteen, and it says, "Now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. He leads you into triumph. He leads us into victory. Amen. God does." Not your buddy, not your best friend, not your homie, but God does. Always leads us, not sometime. Don't you see that word always? Now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ Jesus. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. In other words, every place you go, you smell like God unless you don't, if you don't get dirty. Messing around with goofballs. Well, the Bible said it's easy to get in sin. Where were we at? In Hebrews 10, it says easy. Hallelujah. See, when you show up, the party starts. Ain't no party until you get there. If you walk right and you have a sweet aroma, in other words, sweet aroma of God. Verse 15 says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved among them sinners and among those who are perishing. In other words, you're a good thing. You smell good to them. Amen. Now thanks be to God who always causes us. He always brings you into triumph or into victory. You're not a loser. You're a winner. He always brings you. He always causes you to triumph. Always causes you to win. Always causes you to have victory. Amen. Hallelujah. But we have to resist Satan. And Satan's number one tactic is distraction. 
That's how he gets most men. Get them distracted. Just saying. It's the truth. It's because they don't guard themselves with all diligence. Guard them their heart. My heart belonged to my wife. I'm guarding against it. My heart belonged to my family. So I'm guarding against distraction. Are y'all here today? And women, you be the same way. Peter began to walk on the water. Amen. He told Jesus, he said, Jesus, if you want me to come out on that water, call me. And he said, Peter, come. And he walked out on the water and he got distracted by the wind. Here come a storm. The storm represents trials, tribulations, trouble, gas bill, light bill, house note, car note, insurance. And along came those distractions and Peter went right under. And he said, Jesus, save me. And he held out his hand, and Jesus held out his hand and grabbed his hand and pulled him up. Like, and he said, oh, yeah, little faith. I was with you all the time. So you didn't have to get scared of them bills. They come every month, and they're going to be put in your mailbox. And if they put them in your neighbors, like sometimes they put them in bridges, and they, they put mine in hers, we take them to here, this yours. Amen. <laughs> if they go to your neighbor's house, you're going to take them to your neighbor's house because they ain't yours. And so Peter was walking on the water. Well, it didn't feel like I was walking on the water. That's because you had your eyes and your concentration on God, on Jesus, who told you, Peter, come. But when he, the storm rose, tribulations, situations. Evil report. Yeah, we think we saw a lump somewhere. He took his eyes off God. That's why Satan does that. He knows if he can break your concentration with distraction, he got you. It's hard once you get distracted to get your mind fixed back on him. And the devil will try anybody. He'll try your sweet little kids. Try your husband. Try your wife. He'll use anybody to try to distract you. But you got to learn like a champion how to withdraw. Withdraw, retreat, go get fueled, go get strengthened. That's what champions do. They don't cuss everybody out in the house. But they withdraw and get strengthened. And when they come back, the house is at a calm. Because they took authority over the stupidity. Amen. They used the godly principles. And everything was better than normal. Amen. Hallelujah. So Peter got hyped up and distracted by the storms. That's the the greatest tactic Satan will send against you is distraction. Honey, he's so tough, he sent people straight from the gates of hell. You assign. That's your, and they be, you become their assignment. Because you put all your faith and hope and trust in that person and not in God. You don't even know how to act around. <laughs> you know. Something not normal. Better check it. Check that thing. 
So the wind was a distraction, caused Peter to fear, lose focus, and fall. Amen. So we need to stay focused on winning. Keep your eyes on the prize. That's what that means. A success skill. In other words, this is a skill that you need to adapt or adopt so that when you need it, you can pull it out and say, I'm going to have success and I'm getting rid of this distraction. I'm not going to let it hold me back. Amen. That's what champions do. They develop that success skill. It's on the inside of them. They're not lashing out at everybody. This is your problem. You got the problem with God. You have a problem trusting him. Amen. So in order to become focused, you must first have a target. See, when you're looking everywhere and you don't know what your target is, you know how when you go range shooting, for those people who've never gone, they give you a target for a purpose. So you can keep your eye on what you want to hit. And if you don't have a target, you lose focus because you're all everywhere. You've seen these people that go target shooting the first time. They pull a gun and that man will take your hand and say, don't do that. Crazy thing, you. We haven't even put that little man, that paper man up there yet. And they want to just get a gun and start you don't do that. You've got to have a target before you shoot. In life, you have to have a target or an aim. Are y'all here today? Did I lose everybody? You've got to have an aim. And it ain't, it ain't everybody because everybody is not your enemy. See, when the devil get a hold of your mind, you know these people that say, I'm being judged. and I'm That's the devil judging themselves. Your heart. They, they allow their own heart to contend, condemn them. That's what happens. And so they start shooting at everybody. All these false enemies. Y'all here today? Y'all know it's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So they start shooting at every target they see, and it ain't even theirs. You know, they over here shooting at this man's paper man. That ain't your man over there. Your man is over here. Shoot that one. That's how we do when we don't know who, who we are. And we don't know who our real enemy is. You shoot at everybody. Everybody's a target. Are y'all here today? Hallelujah. So you need something to aim at. In other words, you need a target or a goal. You need a mark. Are y'all here? Amen. What's your goal? That's what you need to find out. What do you want out of life? I have a goal. Got to have a goal. Your goal ought to be the promise. Whatever God has promised you, if you don't have a goal, get a goal. Find out. Go to God and tell him what you want and get a confirmation through his word that you can have that and work towards it. Aim at it. Make it your target. Make it your mark. And keep shooting at it until you take it down. Because if you don't, Satan will bring you something false. He will bring you a false target 
And it's going to be easy to capture. Don't have to fight for it. Y'all here today. Just talking. Hallelujah. Got to have a target. Got to know what you're aiming at. Divine health could be a target. You need to get healed. That's your target. Finances. You need more money. That's your target. A job. That's your target. Are y'all here today? Y'all know y'all ain't going to go nowhere else and hear this, so you better listen up. (laughs) Think I don't know? I know this is good. It's good to me. (laughs) Hallelujah. This ain't an out out in a half an hour. Amen. It ain't about that. It's about preaching the word. Amen. And we ain't shouting the house down and we ain't running around up in here. We're studying the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Got to have a mark. Got to have an aim. Got to have a goal. Got to have a target. Do you know you can have whatsoever you say? You get with God. And you get, you know. He tell you and he confirm that you can have it. Can't nobody stop you. They don't want me to have nothing. They trying. They can't do nothing. They is the devil. You your biggest critic. You your biggest enemy. You your biggest whatever. Hallelujah. Learn to love yourself. You know, it was this guy, he was Spanish, and his name was Monty Rock III. And he was a comedian, and he was very well liked in the 80s and 70s. And his catchphrase was, dig yourself. And a lot of people caught on to that. And that means like yourself. You don't like yourself, what you going to do? See, we're our biggest enemy, so he would say, dig yourself, you know. And a lot of people, he was over their heads, but I thought he was real cool. A lot of people liked him. Because he was telling people, you need to like yourself. In other words, you need to do you. That's what he was saying. Dig yourself. Amen. Let's go to Philippians 3. That didn't go over well, but that's okay. I liked it. (laughs) Philippians 3. Get involved in what you need. Let other people do it, do that, because they're going to do their thing. You do yours. Philippians 3.14. It says, I press toward the goal. God, have a goal. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Upward call. You're going forward. You're going upward. God don't take nobody backwards. So, in other words, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward. Amen? Amen. You got to learn how to press. Know what press means? Aggressively push. Press forward. Amen. Have persistence. Aggressive persistence. That's what press means. Amen. Sometimes you're the only one on the other side of that door. I press toward the goal for the prize 
of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15 says, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this kind of mind. If you mature, if you petty and like mess, you ain't going to never have nothing. According to this Bible. Because you're going to keep going around and around the mountain having fun just like the children of Israel. And they died in the wilderness. They died with nothing. God gave them everything, but they died with nothing. Because they were not focused. They didn't have a goal. They didn't have a target. They were just biding their time, enjoying life. They built false gods. They didn't want to talk to God. They tell Moses, you go up there and talk to him. We're going to throw a party. Yeah. Took all the gold and melted it down to a calf and different other shapes and forms of other different animals. They drank and did everything. Amen. Because they thought it was party all the time. But they all died. Two came out. You know who? The two champions. The two champions came out. Hallelujah. The two that wouldn't be discouraged. The two that had a goal. The two that saw giants and said, we can take them. The two that wasn't in self-pity. The two that would never be defeated. Those two came out. Amen. The strong two, not the weak two. But those who had a goal and a target and an aim. Hallelujah. They came out into that land which God had already given them. God had given them the land. They didn't have to fight for the land. It was given unto them. It was given to their forefathers. And when you are bequeathed something, or when you inherit something, it's yours. They died not receiving what was already theirs because of stupidity. Because they like a fan club. Just preaching. Don't nobody need to be in your fan but you. If you're going to make something of yourself. Hallelujah. You got to have a goal. So uh, Philippians 3.14 is saying I press toward that goal. For the prize. You want the prize. What's the prize? Whatever God has told you you can have. Of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Therefore let us... As many as are mature. See, this ain't for immature people. This is not. This is for the mature minded. It says, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. In other words, you just move towards God. He'll speak to you. He'll let you know when you come to a dead end. Because God always opens up another door. Where one shuts, another opens. As long as you with God, he works these things together for your good. You're not wasting time when you're serving God. See, it just looked that way to people because people don't want to serve him. They want to make you think you stupid as if he's not instilling things on the inside, fortitude, strength, endurance. Like he's not rebuilding you like Steve Austin. 
strength, power, better, longer, faster. That's what he's doing. Amen. He's instilling things on the inside of you, making you great right where you right under their noses. You're great. Hallelujah. Amen. Have to have the same mind as Jesus. A mature mind. Verse 16. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. Hallelujah. You got to have a target. Got to learn how to aim and shoot. Got to have a mark. Got to know what you want. And if you know, then you don't let nobody hold you back. If you want divine health, finances, household salvation, relationship, then that's your goal. Then you keep your aim. You keep your aim at that goal. Why? Because you can do all things. Philippians, let's go over to 4. 4 verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So in other words, you can do all things as long as God has told you you can have that thing. You keep aiming. You keep going toward. And it's an upward call. You don't go backwards to get forward. Amen. But you've got to maintain the Bible call it a sustained focus. You keep a sustained focus on what you want. Amen. And it don't involve nobody but you and God. Friends can't come down this road. Amen. You can invite them to the party, but you, don't, you can't party with them. This is about you and God and what he's called you to be. And what he's prepared for you. And you got to get it his way. You can't get it your way. You you keep starting over, starting over, starting over, starting over, starting over. Because you refuse to do it his way. I'm just saying. Hallelujah. A sustained focus on the promise. A sustained focus on the mark. A sustained focus on the target. A sustained focus on that thing that God has told you is yours. It don't have to measure up in other people's eyes. It's big in God's eyes. That's the problem. People are too carnal minded. It says a mature mind. Then they say a mature. This is for mature minds. In verse 15 it says, let us, of chapter 3, therefore let us as many are as mature have this mind. Got to have the same mind of Christ. You got to have the same focus. Focus means concentrating all your efforts on it. All your faith and energy on it. On the promise, on whatever it is that you need. If you need healing, put all your concentrated effort on it. Put all your faith and energy on it until it comes to pass. Are y'all here? A winner is fully persuaded. 
that God's word works. If you don't think this works, then it won't work for you. You got to know or be convinced that God, God's word can't fail. You, it won't work for you if you don't even believe he's real. Amen. Some people act like they've been reading the Koran. Man, a winner is fully persuaded. You people can't change your mind. You know, you have one conversation and they leave their dirt on you. That's not a winner. Loser. Go buy you a chain with a big L. Because you don't think for yourself. Can't follow anybody. They need to follow you. Make sure you're the leader. In the situation and not the follower. A champion is determined not to be moved. See, some people have that thing about them. That's lead, and that's why people keep pulling on you because you got it, don't know it. I'm telling you. Everything you touch prospers. Even if you drop it and lose it, you get back up and there you go again, prospering. Because you're a champion. You need to leave losers alone. I know that didn't go over well, but it's true. And when you get God's truth, it don't matter who like it or not. Don't matter. Because what God says still come in the past. A champion is not easily provoked and is strengthened with God's might inwardly. The Bible says strengthened by might in your inner man. Not easily provoked. Because the devil's going to set you up with people, goofy people who want to tear you down with their mouths. And you let it roll off your back like water on a duck. And you keep striving. You keep going. And you ask God, God, if I'm going in the wrong direction, stop me. Do something. But you keep going upward. As long as you're going upward, you keep moving. Amen? You keep moving. A champion does very little murmuring or complaining. Because that's how those people in the wilderness, the Israelites, perish. You know why they didn't come out murmuring, complaining, partying, full of pity, full of defeat, full of anger, full of no hope, trying to get attention, don't know who they are, like to be exalted. These things won't work in front of God. They may work on people, but they don't work in front of God. Hallelujah. They don't work. Amen. Hallelujah. Champions are not easily led. It's like you're not easily moved. If you've taken this position, and then people, you're not easily moved. You stay in position. You don't start acting goofy because you don't know how to handle gossip. 
because you get sucked in and pulled in. That's not a that's not a winner. Champions have this hard core around them. It's called victory. And that's why people are always after you because they're trying to tap into that thing that you carry that you don't even know you have. You think victory and never defeat. You may fall, but you keep getting up. That's called, that's a, that's a winner. Champion. And everybody loves champions. A champion waits on God before he makes a big move. You wait on God and you get strengthened. Because he's a person of courage. Not scared to mess up. A champion don't sit up and listen to weak stuff. Because you done all heard all that stuff before, haven't you? I done heard it all. I can write a book. So you don't listen to that stuff. You hear God's voice. And when a storm comes, you don't run and hide. You stand having done all. Stand. Because you're strong. Because you're not afraid. Because you don't fear. You're not afraid. You know that you have Psalm 91. You're not afraid of the terrors by night or the arrows that fly by you at noonday. Because God is your protection. Amen. Hallelujah. So wait on the Lord. Proverbs 27:14 says, wait on the Lord and he shall strengthen your heart and make you of good courage. A champion is a winner who keeps a foundation of faith, hope, and strength. You're not out here trying to do it on your own, thinking you're better than everybody else. Amen. Because at the end of suffering and pain and persistent, there's strength. Strength in God. The Bible says, let's go to Second Corinthians. It'll be the last scripture it says our strength our weakness is made perfect in god's strength it's okay to get weak sometimes because you got to get there you got to go through to get there and when you get there you don't need it but until you get there it's okay to cry out second corinthians 12 verse 9 Well, let's go to verse 7, and it's talking about Paul with that thorn in his flesh. In other words, he needed the grace of God to sustain his strength, just like you and me. Amen. How did he get that strength? By grace, through faith. Faith in God, God sends the grace, and it, ca- it holds you up. Because when we're weak, God is strong in, a, in us. Verse 7 says, of Second Corinthians 12, it says, At least I should be exalted above measure. See, that, that thing will get on any of us where we think we're better because God is using us or we're doing something so that makes us better. Don't make you better. Don't make you better. See, you got to know how to handle success. That, that's why most men fail. They don't know how to handle success. 
Because then you get into pride, and then what happens? The Bible says pride comes before the fall. You've got to learn how to handle it. Or it'll handle you. Verse 7, it says, At least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation. That's how a lot of preachers get fall. Because of the revelation God gives them. They start thinking it's them. It's God. Amen. So Paul was cautious of this stuff. You know why? Because he guarded his heart with all diligence. So that pride wouldn't creep in and make him think it was him when it was God. Y'all following me? See, God will give you a whole lot of power. A whole lot of attention. He'll, he'll do that, but you've got to be like Joyce Meyer. Still telling on yourself how you don't even want your husband to enjoy a basketball game on TV. See, that's what keeps you humble. But when you start thinking you got this great because of what you're doing or because of your knowledge, your, this is what Paul is saying. He says, that's why God allowed this thorn because the thorns will come into your life. If you keep thinking, if you start to think it's you. And why? So God can remind you it is me, it's not you. And this is what Paul is saying. He says, that's this thorn in my flesh. It says, at least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation or by the abundance of the wisdom God gave me. He says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Or to harass me. Least I should be exalted above measure. That's so he wouldn't get stupid and think he didn't need God. And exalt himself. And let all of these fake compliments exalt him. Girl, you just... You know how people do. Some comes from the heart, but some of it don't. Verse 8, he says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it may depart from me. He didn't like something sticking him in his his side or wherever it was. And verse 9 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God says, look, I know that thing is there, and I know it's bugging you, it's harassing you, and I know it ain't pleasant. But it's going to stay there for a little while till you pass the test. So you won't be your biggest enemy. Ain't that deep? He's saying, hey, Paul, I'm leaving that there for you. So you won't be your biggest enemy. Because you'll exalt yourself above measure because of the great things I'm doing in your life. And you think it's you. And then you're going to destroy the whole thing. So I'd rather buffet you, allow Satan to buffet you, than to take it away from you. Because I love you so much. But if you keep pushing it, you're going to lose it all. And see, Paul had this knowledge and this wisdom. Because he was smart. He was a mature Christian. And so he understood this. And so he was asking God. He prayed. He said, God, take this thing away from me. And God told him, my grace is sufficient. In other words, God is saying, look, I'll give you grace to deal with this thing. 
I won't let it take you over. But I'm going to leave it there for a little while to remind you that you still need me. That you ain't all of that and a bag of chips. And so I'm going to leave it there until you pass the test, the pride test. Amen. Because pride, you get in pride, you lose everything. Pride comes before the fall. So I'd rather taunt you, allow Satan to taunt you, to keep your attention, keep you praying, keep you looking at me, than to take it all away by you. You take it away from you. He says, I'm not going to do that because I love you that much. I'm saving you from yourself. Are y'all here today? Mighty quiet in this Presbyterian church. He loves us that much. He saves us from ourselves. Are y'all here? Hallelujah. So let the weak say I am strong. 13. Look on the next page. Well, y'all got devices. 2 Corinthians 13, 9. We're in 12, go to 13, it says, verse 9, For we are glad when we are weak, and you are strong. Amen. See, we're glad because we still need God. There's some weakness on the inside. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about self-pity, defeat, depression. I ain't talking about that kind of weakness because Jesus died for that stuff. I'm talking about... Something that you're strong, you're a champion, but you still have that little thing pricking at you. That little thing that won't let you jump and go berserk and try to get out of God's care. Because you know it ain't 100%, it's 99. If I could just get this 100%, I could do what I want to do. Now God ain't going to let you get away from him. Y'all here today? Y'all know y'all like this, because you're going to be telling somebody before the weekend. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. Pass it on. And whip them with it. Amen? Because it's the word, and it's good. The word will never hurt nobody. Word is always good. So endure hardships like a soldier. Be bold as a lion, gentle as a lamb. Act like a, a champion. Act like a winner. Press on into victory. Don't quit. Don't stop needing God. Don't get too big for God or his people. For we are glad, verse 9 in Second Corinthians 13, we, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this is also this and this also we pray that you may be made complete. So Paul's prayer for us is that we stay with God and be made strong, be made complete. That word complete means improving, equipping, training, disciplining, making necessary adjustments and repairs. Amen. Mending, getting fixed right this time so you'll endure and sustain, won't fall, won't crash. Help others. Have it all. 
You can only get it through God doing things his way. He'll give you some things that you want. He'll give you some things. Trust him. Just got to get him in his timing, in his order. But he'll give you some things you want. He, he, He always does. Look, it's like this. That desire that's in your heart comes from him if you're born again. Look at it like that. Can you trust that? Okay. (laughs) Trust in God. Press into victory. Amen. Don't quit. Upward. This is an upward call, not a backwards call. If you fail and mess up, keep going forward. Don't let the devil put all of that stuff on you. I should have done this and I messed up. So big deal. Keep moving. God loves you. He's with you. He'll exalt you in due season. As long as you keep checking in with him, you're okay. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for truth that comes from heaven, not manufactured by man. And we just praise you. We thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we ask that you comfort little Ileana. No scratches, no bruises. Take it all away. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And bless Gabby. We plead the blood of Jesus over her that no hurt, harm, or danger shall come nigh her. Bless her. Coming in and going out. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If there is anybody that needs prayer, I can pray for you before we leave. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you.